Welcome to Monster Men. Hark! Hark! <laughs> I'm arguing, don't you know? <laughs> Why are we being like this, Jack? We're talking like Paul Lind, who you might remember as the center square on Hollywood Squares back in like the 70s and 80s. Or you might remember as the alien on American Dad. He was um, Uncle Arthur on um, Uncle Arthur on um, Uncle Arthur. Bewitched. Yeah. Samantha, why you, why you, why you married to mortal? I believe he was like a, uh, like a IRS guy or something on I Dream of Genie. Major Nelson, that's the Ming Dynasty face. This, by the way, this episode is just gonna be Jack doing Paul Lynn yes. and me laughing for however long it takes to get through this. He was a regular on the Donnie and Marie show as well. Yes, which is why Donnie Marie returned the favor. They gave her reach around and appeared on its Halloween special. Uh, And what we decided since October is here, horror October. Back in 1976, Paul Lind did a Halloween special on ABC. (laughs) That is now legendary. And it's legendary for many reasons. It's one of the biggest nights of my life. Uh, See, and we'll get I to that. I do not remember seeing this in 76. I guarantee you I did. I was probably sleeping over my grandparents. Mm-hmm. I was eight at the time. It was a big year. This is the year of the bicentennial. I mean, we were That's psyched. Right. The quarters. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this. Well, but watching it, I was like, oh, this looks like every crappy special I ever watched in the 70s. So tonight's episode is dedicated to the Paul Lind Halloween special. We are going to walk through this. Now, this this is on Am- of, uh, available on Amazon Prime, so you can go mm-hmm. and watch this. I will be, throughout this episode, I'm going to tell you the details of the night that I saw this. Because this, any KISS fan who's of a certain age, this is the Ed Sullivan moment for KISS. Uh, you know what? I am not a Kiss fan. I was for the summer of probably 77. Whenever Kiss Alive 2 came out, that was mm-hmm. the, the summer I was a fan. Watching this now as an old man, <laughs> I could not wait until Kiss got on the screen. <laughs> oh, they're the only like halloween thing in this. Uh, yeah, this is the most un-Halloween Halloween special of all time. But I'll, I'll get into my story in a few minutes. So let's take care of some business, and then we're going to dive in to the Paul Lynn Halloween special. I wanted a pecan sandy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before we do that, Mm. it's Mm -hmm. Halloween season, so you might be looking for a book or maybe a gift for a younger person who has an interest in reading horror, and you want to find like a nice collection of short stories and things like that. Well, our pal William Simmons sent us a copy of his new collection called Monster Carnival, an anthology of things, beasts, and creatures. Is he my pal? You my pal, Danny. How about a fresca? <laughs> hey, Judge Smiles. Poland. Dumbest episode of all time. <laughs> but gonna be, you're going to do all the voices I can do. This is the greatest insight into who we yes. are as actual people. Uh, I was talking to you uh, Chad Lutsky, 
and when he was talking about Final Guys, he just mentioned, he goes, yeah, and then there's that thing where you and Hunter just have all these inside jokes that that are cracking the two of you up, and everybody kind of realizes that you are you must be talking about something that you know. There we go. That's right. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is the, the thickest we're going to lay it on. If you're <laughs> younger and don't know about the 70s, forget it. <laughs> well, no, we're going to school you. We're going to so, school you. Put those earbuds deeper in your ears, buddies. <laughs> Some of the authors featured in this book. H.P. Lovecraft, perhaps you've heard of him. Kind of. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. E.F. Yeah. Benson. Sherlockian. Rupert Kipling. Lord Rupert, did you say? You mean Rudyard? Rudyard, it's yes. Not a, it's not a name you see very often. Rudyard, anymore. you're right. I'm a, I've never I'm, come across I'm skimming. a Rudyard. You know me, I'm not a good reader. <laughs> Rupert Kipling. I don't read good. Oh, I can get this one. Hook Wells. Okay. I'm sorry. That's H.G. Wells. <laughs> By the way, have you ever heard a recording of his voice? H.G. Wells? Yeah, yeah. there were recordings. Oh, here comes the joke. war of the worlds. Oh, he's kind of very high. <laughs> I envision men from Mars. That's really weird. No, I'm not going to have to Google that. Destroys everything. Anyway, there's a lot of authors on here. This is a good little collection. This is the kind of thing that you and me had, like book stacks of books like this when we were kids. Yeah. You get a little, and listen, I have ever never actually read an H.P. Lovecraft book. What? I had one like when I was in junior high school. I started reading, and I was like, "This is weird. I not, don't want anything to do with this." So I'm going to first thing I'm going to do with this is I'm going to read the H.P. Lovecraft uh, short story. Let me see if I do some tap dancing while I see if I could find the name of it. Well, hopefully it's a short one. The Lurking Fear. The Lurking, all right, that's a very good story. There is not a lot of dialogue in this story, so there's just a lot dense paragraphs. So just be ready. So this is pretty cool. So William Simmons edited it, and it was an introduction by him, and he was nice enough to send this to us. So go find this. We'll put links in our show notes for it. Go Gadget Carnival. And check it out. What do you got? I have a book that was sent to me. It's called Creature Feature, a Horrid Comedy by Stephen Paul, I think it's Leva. By the way, this guy has super creds. So I advise you to look this book up and the author up because he's got uh, Ray Bradbury was praising his prose. Ray Bradbury? Ray Bradbury. (laughs) The famous bulls. Will Wheaton. <laughs> so what this book is, this was perfect. I read this just before Horrortober started because I needed I needed to start early this year. I'm like, it's September. I don't give a shit. I'm yeah, breaking the rules. Load up. Starting now. So um, uh, his, um, I guess his, um, one of his PR people, Echo, Echo Shea, by the way, was her name. Echo, Echo, Echo. That was Awesome. So yeah. right away, I'm like, Echo Shea. All right, I'll answer. Um, she sent it to me, and this is a, such a fun book. It's about a woman who is basically a take on Vampira, and her name is oh. Vivacia, and she is a horror host in the 60s. And uh, she's coming home. Her name is Kathy, and she's coming home to her hometown, and things are not right. I love, I call these movies or stories pod people stories. Because it's when you come home and nobody is as they seem. So everybody in the town has been taken over by strange 
funny demons. This book, the pro, it's it's <laughs> somebody wrote on Goodreads. You know, it's a silly story and silly prose, and it is, but it is so much fun. Like I don't know who the target audience was, but to me, as a kid, first of all, I would have loved this just for the prose and the situations alone. As an adult, I love the nostalgia part of it. I love the you know. You have a horror host who is like, you know, it's just a job. It's not what I really want to do. I'm an actor. And then she's thrown into this horror situation. I thought it was a ton of fun. So if you like, if you like Elvira, if you like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, if you like Slither, you're going to oh. dig this book. It's so much you, fun. You've just checked several boxes there. Yeah, it's it's to me, it was a great way to start the horror-tober season, and I highly suggest folks read this. And it's it's really good for everybody. I, I would let a 7-year-old read this as much as a 77-year-old. Excellent. So, yeah, that was really good. Now, before we get to Paul Lynn, one other thing. Did you notice anything about what I'm wearing? Oh, uh, that, that shirt... For those who are only listening, Jack is wearing a black shirt with the Monster Man logo that is emblazoned across his trunk. Boom. Not just his chest, his trunk. My trunk. It's our great green logo with the monster ripping out from it. Oh, and he's wearing the mask. And I got, got the mask so we can be on. safe. <laughs> so, yes, we have a store. We have a store with swag. You've we got swag. years. So we're on TeePublic. If you go to themonstermen.net, there's a shop link at the top, and there's a link on the side for merch as well. That'll take you right to the TeePublic store. Uh, there, You can get shirts, and you can pick the color shirt you want. So uh, a friend of mine and his wife and his kid, I'll probably post a picture on, um, on our Facebook page during the week. Uh, green T-shirt, gray one, uh, black hoodie. Like zip up with the logo on the back. Oh, that's what um, I want. I got a refrigerator magnet and a coffee cup that I'll. Well, next episode I'll. Uh, I'll I have got those. a Monster Man refrigerator. <laughs> got delivered yesterday. It's awesome. It's got a dead body in it. <laughs> it kind of smells. It's got Joaquin Phoenix in it as the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal: if you buy something from our store and you post it online and you tag. Monster Man 13. You got to be in the picture. You with your swag. Yeah, we want you with your swag. We're going to give stuff to you. So for the month of October, like I'll, I'm going to give you stuff. Like here we go, Mail Order Massacres, all three books in the audiobook version Ooh. by Graphic Audio, which is tree freaking mendous. It's not just a dude reading it; it's actors acting it with all the sound effects and music and everything. I want one of those. I got to post a picture of me. <laughs> so I'm going to give out those. I'll give out free books. I'll give ebooks. Just post that stuff on Twitter, hashtag MonsterMan13, and you can you're eligible. And we'll like pick we'll pick names and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And listen, even if you don't win something, show your pride, show your colors. That's this right. Is, You've been with us for a long freaking time. Yeah, this is a blast. So there's Not even shirts. Um, as as us. There's also shirts with the logo, but it's an all black logo. So if you want to just get like a white T-shirt. You can get all black. I got like baseball sleeves. I'll, I'll wear that next time. White uh, t-shirts are good if they get wet. Yeah. If they get see-through. So I think that's, yeah, if you're do I the think you should go with that if you have the chest for it. So on the store, you'll see the classic logo. You'll see the black logo. And then there's another one that's called like something like the low corner. And what that is is basically it's this, the green one, but it's a small one like on the pocket, like over the heart. It's over your breast. It's a little more subtle. 
Now, now what you need to do, Jack, you got to move your camera down for the people on the audio side. No, up, I mean. Because oh. now we just see Monsterman. I want to see your whole face. Okay. We're back. We I'm so back. I'm very excited. It's been a long time coming. And uh, we had a sure, dance really. with T Public to get this site up, but we finally got it up. So. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I hope I get my masks next week because I'm going to go to the Mahoning Drive-In next Ooh. Sunday to go see um, Night of the Demons with one of the actresses will be there. Oh, wow. But if I don't get it for that, on I th it's two Sundays or three Sundays from now in October, Fire in the Sky will be there with Travis Walton. Oh, my God. That is based on. You know I already got my ticket for that. One, but yeah. One last thing, I just want to give a shout out to Jerry Mulcahy. Here's our buddy, and he's the guy who did our logo like ten years ago, and has done a million great things for us and for Hunter Shea artwork too. So, yep. just uh, give him a verbal shout out because uh, none of this was possible without him. So thanks, Jerry. And if you want to support Jerry, buy the book Slash because he's a character in Slash. That's true. He's the asshole cop, which is the total opposite of what Jerry is in real life. Yeah, well, not totally. I mean, he's not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I kid, right, I that's kid. The of, that's the end of our logos. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> All right. Let me set the stage for you. Please. The first album Please. I ever bought, I was sitting with my buddy Tommy Morgan in like fourth grade or something. And he was drawing the KISS logo on, you know, you use the paper bag as a book cover. Oh, yeah. And so they don't we would, do that anymore. We would draw and all that stuff. And we were both like cartoonists. So I'm like, what is that? I love the S's. And he's like, oh, it's KISS. It's a band, whatever. So I was like, oh, that's great. Now, again, that was when like you had a 50 cent allowance. So to save up $13 was like months. <laughs> Took a while. I had this, like, it was a Tootsie Roll bank that I got, like, at a fair that was, like, full of Tootsie Rolls. I still have a Tootsie Roll bank. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. <laughs> See, I'll tell you, man. Right we are brothers from another mother. <laughs> um, so I go to Caldor's. Uh, I worked in Caldor. I go down to the record section, which was, like, the most pivotal place of your childhood because the 45 list, you just check. to The only way you could get a single was... If you in the window of time that the 45s were there, you could get it, and if not, you could never get that song again until you taped it off the radio or something, or, or you, you bought go the to album. Sam Goody and steal it. That was the other option. Yes. So Caldor, I go to the bin, I find Kiss, and I don't know how I did this. I went through the albums and I grabbed Kiss Alive, which is a double album. So I'm thinking Oof. I must have saved up money because a double album costs more, and yeah. so I'm surprised I didn't buy a different one. And I came home and I put it on my little Victrola. <laughs> my Victrola? Did you wind it up? It was like really it, it looked in. like a little suitcase, and you open it up. Oh yeah, I had those. And it blew me away. I was like, "What is this?" And you know, my sister had albums and stuff like that, so it's not the first album I ever ever heard, but it's the first one I ever went out and bought. And like to this day, it's still my favorite album I own. Like I love that album. It's it changed my life. So I was a Kiss fan, but I only had seen pictures of them. And then one day I heard Paul Lynn's going to have a Halloween special. So I hear Halloween special. I want to see it already. And in the little TV guy thing, it says guest Kiss. And I'm like, oh! mm -hmm. they had never been on primetime TV. They'd been on like the midnight special and Don Kirshner, which was way too late for me to ever see. Yeah. So it was going to be, I think it was like a Sunday night. 
Well, we often went to my grandmother's in the Bronx on Sunday nights. And so mm-hmm. the whole family's down in the main living room there. They, they bring out the table. Uh, and uh, you have you have dinner with, when all the relatives are over, like in the living room with the tables out. What's oh, that movie? Yeah. You ever watch Green Book? At the end of that movie, they all sit down for dinner at the tables, and there's like the kids' table. That is exactly my grandparents' house in the Bronx. We had that too. We were at the folding table mm-hmm. off to the side. So, <laughs> I we, they lived in a building where there was the downstairs apartment was my grandmother, upstairs was my aunt and uncle, and another one was my great aunt and great uncle who like spoke Italy Italian. And like, <laughs> they spoke Italy. They spoke Italy. Hey. And I basically oh. snuck up into the apartment, up, like while everybody else was like talking or whatever. I went up and turned on the Paul Lynn and watched as much of this as I could. Then I'd have to take a break and go down and then go back up. So I'll talk about my experience with what I saw as we go. But I will say, obviously, I saw Kiss and. I loved them already, but then when I saw them in motion and with all the fire and stuff, I was just like, oh yeah, this is right up my alley. Like, so it was one of those life-changing moments for me. So with, as with many guys my age who, like you hate because we're KISS fans, this is one of those things that just poof, stamped. See, now we should learn this in politics in this country. You are a pro-KISS, I am anti-KISS. Yet we love each other. It we doesn't do. matter. We give each other shit and then we turn it off. We had a moment. Remember when we went to Chiller and we waited online to use to see Peter Chris? Yes. And I waited with you. And I'm, you know, I'm guzzling beers all day long and we wait and then Jack's all excited and he gets his did, did he autograph a drumstick for you? Yeah, I should have got the picture with him. I got a drumstick instead. That was dumb. I think no, I think that was actually cooler. But I remember he looked at me at one point. And he goes, hey, man, what would you like? I'm like, oh, no, I don't like Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally honest. You know, the beer. The I don't beer. know if you remember, but I had a great conversation with him. You did. I mean, because it was like you they were only letting one person in the room at a time. It was like pre-COVID yeah. COVID. Yeah. You know, he used to I live remember. in the town I live in. And then he got a divorce. And so that and Jack his, banged his wife. My friend found out that his wife was having a tag sale and we drove up and he lived in a very, very posh end of town. And we drove up to, and it was like a, they had a front door with a cross like window and everything. And I walked into, this is before they took their makeup off. You didn't know. I walked into the garage and she's got all this kiss memorabilia and everything. And on the wall is a big picture of them without makeup. And me and my friends just stood there like we had found the whole the, the lost ark. We were just like trying to Did memorize. I don't know if it was for sale or not, but I I bought like an album and a belt buckle. By the <laughs> way, what's her name, Beth? No, it was Lydia. <laughs> Lydia. Beth. I Beth was actually calling. written. the The original name of Beth was Beck, for Becky. He wrote Beck. And who I was that? I don't know if that was Lydia's middle name or if that was some chick he was dating, but he wrote oh, the he, he wrote it as Beck. I hear you calling, and somebody like Gene Simmons or uh, um, the producer of the album uh, was like, "We got to change it from Beck because it sounds like you're in love with Jeff Beck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or later on in years, Beck himself. Yeah. That wouldn't be good. I bet he got divorced because Beck was her sister's name. <laughs> there you go. 
That's it. We're done. So when I when I met him, I started. I told him that story, and then we started talking about like, oh, did you ever go to the the Pizza Post and other places like that? And so suddenly I wasn't just a fan. I was like a townie with him. Nice. Yeah. No, you guys were having a fine conversation, and I just <laughs> crapped all over it, like I do sometimes. But whatever. So this show, and let's start to walk through it. As oh, you please. Said, we made notes, extensive notes. This never happened. The variety show was a phenomenon of the 70s. Oh, it was a staple. You could catch a variety show every week. Donnie Marie had, had one every week. Show. Well, there's Donnie Marie show. But, like, everybody would get a variety. Like, nowadays, everyone gets a talk show. Back then, everyone got a variety show. You got one crap. Brady Bunch had one. Oh, I love the Brady Bunch variety show. <laughs> uh, Tony Randall was a guest on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Hustle. Um, mm. And you can't also, you got to remember that disco was a real big thing. So there's going to be a lot of instances of disco showing up in this show. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of disco. But the, and, but the cast is <laughs> so 70s. And so amazing. So why don't you take us in? Because I've been talking a lot. So, oh, well, wow. we open with uh, Paul Lynn. He's with his uh, housekeeper, Margaret, who this is a common theme. It's him and Margaret kind of going through the season together. But in the very beginning, Paul is dressed like Santa Claus and he's singing Christmas songs. because He's so excited about Christmas. Uh, and then his <laughs> housekeeper, who is Margaret Hamilton, who you might know as the Wicked Witch of the West. Or the, what was it, Maxwell House or Folger's Lady? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So she reminds him, she goes, oh, it's not Christmas. So then he comes out as a, a bunny rabbit. Here comes Peter this, Cottontail. This is a bunny rabbit that if he showed up at any mall with children, they would run screaming and crapping their pants. And oh, and day. the cops would be all over him. <laughs> So then she says, no, it's not that. And then he comes out singing My Funny Valentine in a smoking jacket. <laughs> oh, it takes a while for him to get the fact that, oh, it's Halloween and we're here for Halloween. It's reminiscent of when, like, you're talking to, like, an eight-year-old and it's almost Christmas and you say to them, oh, I can't wait. It's almost Easter. No, Uncle Jack. It's not Easter. Oh, you're right. I can't wait for Valentine's Day. No, Uncle Jack is not Valentine's Day. What is it? Labor Day? Arbor Day? <laughs> Just going through it. I'm going to give you a line that will give you the essence of the comedy contained within this show. <laughs> where he looks at his housekeeper, Margaret, and says, Margaret, why don't you go prune a tree? There you go. That is... Indicative that's, of all the humor. That's gold, baby. I don't know if this show was made for children six and under or adults. There is one joke in here that is adult. I, I wrote it down as soon as it happened. But the rest of it, I feel like the target audience was six to ten. I'm not sure. Though. Oh, I think it was supposed to be a family show. So it's got to be something that... You know, your parents, they don't like mainstream music, but if it's sung by some older person, like in more of like a Vegas act way, 
then you're like, oh, yeah, I like this song now. It's sung by some poor old queen who can't come out of the closet because of the time that he's living in and has to endure this garbage. <laughs> but here's another thing he said. This is this show should be out now. He says, there's a scary day coming. Election day. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to get a clip of that and put it on Facebook. Oh, my God. When, uh, oh, I pulled out. I got so excited. <laughs> This is, and he's right, because it's when Jimmy Carter got elected. That's terrifying. So I said, oh, my God, this, this is like the perfect year, because we saw this on Prime months ago. Yeah, I watched this like last year. And I was like, oh, we got to save this. This is in October. I was so excited when this showed up on Amazon Prime, because it'd been, they, there was clips of it on YouTube, but I could never watch it start to finish. So like a year or two ago was the first time I ever saw the whole thing start to finish and then this was a blast doing oh. this time. so yeah we cut to this and then we go to the poland holiday halloween special like big logo dropping out of the ceiling he's got his head in a pumpkin in or jack-o-lantern and what does he say jack do you remember oh god let me see i don't know i, I have it i was th i thought you would have memorized i know this. the opening monologue uh was about kids but that was oh, well, a, that was the song, song. before um, the worst. Like Johnny Carson would have committed Hari Kiri if he if he did this model. What did he say? I'm Paul Lynn because somebody has to be. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he walks out from behind the logo and he does a monologue that is painful. It's unreal. But I had to remind myself, like all these shows were equally as bad it was I, not much cutting edge stuff then right off the bat i felt like the the way this was written was like we have to fill 50 minutes and we just got to get through this so there has to be an opening and nobody really cares what he says as long as it's got halloween colors and he makes a couple of jokes and then we go to commercial it was such disposable stuff this is a one-time oh Nobody thought that in 2020, people would be still watching this thing. <laughs> and you could see, like, between takes, he's just like, give me a goddamn highball. <laughs> <laughs> like, he must have wanted to just kill himself. So, yeah, the monologue is beyond terrible. And then it goes into a song and dance about kids. How much he loves kids in Halloween. That then devolves into The, the jokes are writing themselves at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not good jokes, but they are writing themselves. No, when you've got, I mean, and there's like the disco dancer background singers. There's so much disco dancing in this. It is just horrendous. I would love to have anybody that's been on that show on our show one day. It could be a random dancer. It could be Billy Barty's illegitimate child. I don't care. I want one of them on here just to ask, what was it like on the set of this thing? Yeah, there, there's a whole host of people. I think. Um, oh, we haven't even gotten it. We're, we haven't touched no. the host of this because what, who shows up at the end of this dance scene with the kids? Donnie and Marie make a big cameo. <laughs> now, he gets tossed in the garbage can. He was a regular on Donnie and Marie's show. So clearly this was a, a favor. 
nepotism. Donnie Marie Osmond. Wow. Um, and I saw an interview with Bruce Valanche. He talks about this and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, Paul Lynn was a guy who couldn't be like, he wasn't like a lead guy. He was a, he was really good as like a, a bit player oh, and things like Creed on the office. Yeah. Every now and then you're like, Oh my God, that was great. Like he's good for the zinger here, zinger there. But I guess in his, and he was making, he was you know, making tons of money doing it, but they, in his contract, he had something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put it in and as you watch it, you're just like, yeah, him like dry in the driver's seat the whole time. Oh, he even mentioned how it had been a year or over a year since his last special. He goes, was it something I said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking, probably. I'm sure it was something. So you while this is going on, I got to the TV <laughs> and I turn it <laughs> on and I'm watching this and I'm like, show kiss. Where's kiss. <laughs> then I oh, have no. to like, you know, they call me and I have to leave. And come back. So I, I remember some of this opening, but I don't know how much. But um, I because I, I'll, I remember the next part that happened after the after the opening song of Donnie. Marie. I don't remember Donnie Marie's cameo, but it was quick because they put the lid on the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Oop, I just lost you. Sound. Oh, you lost my sound. Oh, now you're now? back. Now you're back. All right. So yeah, it was quick. They just put the lid on the garbage can. Over. Then we go to Margaret the housekeeper wants to take him to her sister's house to give him a little Halloween spirit. She takes him to this haunted kind of like mansion. His Her sister is Witchy Poo. From First of all, the mansion is just a picture of a mansion. <laughs> well, but inside, the interior was actually pretty Good elaborate. set. Good set. Good set. So he meets Witchy Poo from Pup and Stuff because and there's stuff. a lot of um, Seals and Croft people. Sid, in and Marty Cro- Sid and Marty Croft. Did I say Seals and Croft? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I've been drinking for hours. It's fine. So Billy Croft. Billy Hayes played uh, Witchy Poo. <laughs> Billy Hayes, yes. So then he turns around, and Margaret turns into what she is, the Wicked Witch of the West. He's got the two greatest witches of our childhood. Right. Right in front of him. And the butler is Billy effing Barty. Unbelievable. Little Billy Barty. And in a politically incorrect time... They make short jokes like crazy in this special. Oh, my God. Like, they would never fly today. No. They, at one point I later on in the episode, they call him a short order cook. Because <laughs> he's so tiny. But Billy Barty was kind of like a mainstay in a lot of shows and movies back in the 60s, 70s, even 80s. He was in a I lot remember... of the Sid and Marty Croft stuff, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was. Gilbert Godfrey talks about uh, losing a role to Billy Barty. <laughs> Which has to be the ultimate insult. Wow. <laughs> but while they're there in the mansion, they bring about, they call upon the spirit, or maybe not the spirit, of Miss Halloween, who is the gorgeous, and I figured is almost 50 years old at the time, Betty White. Betty White, who like is superimposed, floats in like Glinda <laughs> the Good Witch. Oh my God! By the way, she looked. She really looked pretty. She did. She was a. She was a. She was all that in a bag of potato chips. Because I'm watching this going. So at that time, she was younger than we are now. I know. <laughs> so she looked way better than we do. Oh God, yeah. She looked uh, way better than most people do at that age. Again, this is so. I remember the witch part. 
Right. And then I think our, it might be when Betty White came on that I was just like, okay, come on. And then I had to like go down. Isn't that lady from Maud or Password? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she the, was the, yeah, Mary Tyler Moore show too, wasn't she on that? Mm. Yep. So for some reason, Paul Linda's given three wishes, like they're genies. Like the witches well, there's something genies. about witches get a bad rap. Oh, well, yeah. And Mr. Lind, you, maybe you could put in a good word for us or something like that. There's, I'm sure I could. Uh, so they decide to give him three wishes. Now, here's where you had some witches. <laughs> and so we've got some kind of Halloween vibe going. And he makes his first wish. And Halloween goes right out the window. By the way, <laughs> the, the absolute queen of Hollywood, his wish is to be a trucker. A trucker? So he wants to be the rhinestone trucker. Yes. He, he is given this white, evil, Knievel rhinestone <laughs> jumpsuit with fake hair, just bulge. I, I hope it's fake, bulging out of his chest. And he is. Oh. He's riding his truck and he's talking on the CB to none other than Tim Conway playing two different roles. <laughs> because he's. Tim Conway, first of all, looks like he's on lithium for this movie. He doesn't give a crap. He's he is there. getting a nice fat paycheck for, you know, this is Los Angeles. He's like, it's probably July. And like, oh, yeah, we're shooting a Halloween thing, you know? Yeah, because Tim Conway, probably one of the funniest people of the 70s. I mean, him on Carol Burnett is, you can't beat it. This, you'd be like, how does this guy have a career? <laughs> Just melt this crap in. But the whole thing is. Poland is about to marry his sweetheart, who was a waitress at a diner at midnight. So is Tim Conway. And it turns out to be the same woman. Yeah, they're talking over the CB radio, and they realize that they're both going to marry the same woman. Jack, can you reveal who that woman is? The woman <laughs> is Roz Kelly. But unlike everybody else in this show... She doesn't get billed with just her name. She's no. Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly. Pinky effing Tuscadero from Happy Days. Fonzie's it, it, girlfriend. Oh, here's something. This is this is seeing it through a new set of eyes. So when I was young, Pinky Tuscadero was it. Yo, like, holy crap! She's dangerous and she's hot. And she like she like had sway over Fonzie that like nobody else did. Right. I watch it now. I'm like, wow, killer body. She probably looks like my mom's age. Yes. <laughs> Something about her. I'm like, huh. But she's the sex. She's the, the sexy. You know, I shouldn't say that. There's another sexy one coming later. But for the first half, she is like the sex appeal of this. Show. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's in a short waitress skirt. Oh, low cut. Very like low cut. And there's like a. There's like a diamond cut between her boobs and her belly. I'm like, what is going on here? And again, to frame this, a couple of cultural things are going on here. Happy Days rules the world at this point. So the Pinky Tuscadero two-part episode or whatever it was, mm. every kid loved Happy Days. And that the Pinky Tuscadero to this day, if you say it to anybody late 40s and in their 50s, if you just say Pinky Tuscadero, we immediately are back. We don't even need Viagra. It's instant Viagra. Oh, Pinky Tuscadero? Where's my wife? 
Where's my wife? <laughs> my wife. Let's go. Um, but the other thing that was going on was the CB radio craze, thanks to Convoy, the song Convoy. I had a lunch bag. So it wasn't like the lunch pail. It was like one of these crinkly lunch bags. And it had all the CB call signs <laughs> on it. I used to sit at lunch eating my cream cheese sandwich or ketchup <laughs> sandwich and just look at those and try to memorize all those. Not that I had a CB, but I was ready. So we were talking about you go to Caldor's and if you missed the window, you couldn't get the 45. Mm. I missed the window and couldn't get the 45 of Convoy. My friend Jimmy had it, but I didn't. But for Christmas, <laughs> this is typical like me. My parents got me like from Radio Shack this CB songs collection oh. that had everything but Convoy on it. Oh, so it, it had like DJ the Bear. No, it had a thing called Shirley and Squirrely, which was like a Chipmunks, where two two squirrels are talking to each other on the uh, CB radio. It was like, hey Shirley, this is Squirrely. You got your ears on. Um, there the one of the great songs is uh like this slow country ballad. The night I talked to the Lord on my CB radio. <laughs> God, keep taking those uh, amphetamines and driving in the dark. So talk to the Lord too. So it it, it struck me when I was watching it today. I was like, oh, that's right. Everybody talked in like CB language for a couple of years there. Yeah, that was a big deal back then. What's your (laughs) twenty? What wasn't a big deal? What's the terrible dance number that came out? Oh, in the diner. And And the singing battle of who would win Pinky Tuscadero's heart. It got me thinking. This most of the singing in this, except for one person, maybe or, or Kiss and one other person, I was like, I think we could do a Halloween special and sing because most people are just kind of talk singing in this. Oh, we could absolutely do this. <laughs> well, I don't know why we're not doing it now. But by the way, the person who wins Pinky Tuscadero's heart is Billy Barty. Billy Barty, who with one hand pushes the eighteen wheeler truck that went through the uh, the wall, the diner the wall. Pushes it out because he's the strongest. He's the strongest, but I'm the richest. There was a Mad TV thing with Billy Barty. They were doing a thing with Mike Tyson and how strong he was. And they put Billy Barty in a, in a punching bag. Oh, God. And Tyson was like, fake Tyson was beating up the punching bag. I think it was Mad TV. And when they unzipped it, just nothing but guts spilled out of the bag. <laughs> when I heard oh. Billy Barty's voice, I had a flashback to that Masters of the Universe movie where... Instead of Orko, they had him as some little elf creature. Yes. <laughs> Billy Barty was the shit. I, I, people, anyone alive now, most people can't understand how great Billy Barty yeah, was. Yeah, he was just a thing. He was everywhere. So he the, the dance number starts off as a square dance kind of song where, actually, that's Paul Lynn and uh, Pinky Tuscadero, which her name is not quite Pinky Tuscadero. It's no, something... it's Kinky Pinky. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it starts off as a square dance number that in the middle of it, this tall dude in a black cowboy hat marries them. Yeah. And then it goes from like a square dance song to a disco song. Of course, because, you know, it's 76. And then, you know, and the dancers come back out. It's, it's awful. Yes. And it's long. It goes on way too long. So in retrospect... Thank God this was long because I got back to the TV in the Bronx, I think, right at the end of this skit. Oh, so it worked out for you. Thank God. Because yeah, it's like the last skit on SNL. 
You're like, oh my god, what is this ending? <laughs> uh, and then we cut to the witches, Witchy Poo and the Wicked Witch. They're reading Rosemary's Baby and the Exorcist. That's right. Which I thought was kind of cool. And thank God we are saved because Kiss comes out and sings Detroit Rock City. She's like, uh, I want, uh, for, we're going to have some chamber music. Where are they? They're locked in the chamber. <laughs> oh my god! There and are... He looks like he's not even there. Well, Bruce Valance said in the interview I heard, he goes, he goes, yeah, Kiss was on it. I don't think he knew who the hell they were. Didn't know who they were. Didn't know what. To, just was like, where do I have to stand? What do I have to say? But ingrained in my mind is Margaret Hamilton going, "These are our pets. We call them Kiss." So for me, I am just <laughs> wide-eyed, like. And they just come <laughs> down <laughs> the <laughs> elevator, <laughs> open it up, Detroit Rock City. That's a great song to come out to. The smoke is going crazy. And then <laughs> the camera effects. There's like these animated lips that keep coming out. And oh, they spin. The... They spin them around like Paul Stanley when he's singing. He's yeah. spinning around. And then you could just see like they're, you know, and look, I'm a kid. I didn't know that they were air lip syncing and air banding, you know, they're just playing along with the record. Um, right. So I'm just like taking it all in, you know, now you're listening. Like the, the editing was so crude back then. Like, it's like, it's like when you made a tape, like, cause there's a car crash at the end of that song on the album. Yeah. They didn't even get a mix where like that was edited out. Like, it's just like somebody just turned the record off really quick. It's an edited version of the song. Um, but like, the, and the, there's an intro on the album to it. So they like, it's just like they, Okay, they do an explosion to cover the front part of the song, and then right. they just kind of end it. Um, it was hilarious, and then it's, it's edited a little bit, and then you're just watching, like Gene Simmons is just like in his prime, going crazy, and you just see like all of them though are just kind of like I don't think bands were used to like lip syncing, so they're just kind of like doing stuff, and I don't oh, think they fair. care how accurate they look. By the way. Anybody who had to sing in this entire special was off the lip syncing completely. Oh, yeah. So you can't blame Kiss. It's everybody. So No, but it, it, it's something it else. And I think probably most kids at least saw Detroit Rock City. And the next day, a playgrounds across the, the land. That was the news of the day. Well, they, yeah. Oh, my God, did you see Kiss? And they really took off after that. That was a cool. I mean, look, it was it was a breath of sunshine <laughs> from what we'd been subjected to. And I mean, they're the ultimate Halloween band. I mean, I was them for Halloween twice, you know. Yeah. So they were the one thing that looked like well, other than, you know, the you had the witches. You had the witches. And you, and you had, had Kiss and you had a pumpkin in the beginning. <laughs> so after they perform, Paul Lynn gets his second wish, which he wants to be <laughs> a sheik. He could, doesn't he desert. say that by accident? Does he say that one by accident, or did he say the last one? I can't even remember. I don't know. Because he gets but a anyway, he gets a bonus wish at one point. He becomes a sheik in the desert, and he is courting none other than Mrs. Carol Brady, Florence Henderson, Wessonality herself. Oh my God! He offers her. I actually laughed out loud when he offered her a glass of hyena wine. I don't know why. I laughed out loud at that one. But I, she's I, like this ice queen that he's trying to like melt. I actually one of my notes was I said I called this the Dad Joke Halloween special. Oh, uh, it was again 
a segment that went way too long. Oh. And then poor Paul has to make out with her several times in this whole scene. That's where you notice how tall he is. He's really tall. And look, she's used to like kissing gay dudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's I wonder if that became her thing. Oh, you need to kiss a gay dude? Oh, Florence. I got this. She used with the Brady Bunch. She'll be fine. Which is so uncomfortable. At one point, it's like sucking on her neck. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what to do. What? Just leave the. Just. In this, like, it, it's so funny. It's watching this in retrospect. Like, I understand the cultural, the culture, how it was then. But you watch it now, you're like, dude, just let him be him. Let him yes. kiss George Clooney. But also, but, just like, when they're making a Halloween special, and now suddenly they're doing this, like, Lawrence of Arabia thing. Right. And, as again, this is a thing where, as a kid, you were like, you'd go in the other room or change the channel and come back. Like, oh, it's singing. This is boring. Maybe your parents were getting a kick out of this. I think more so, like, they were home from work and tired, and anything moving with sound just was numbing them for having to go back to work. Schaefer. But yeah, this is painful. By the way, for for us as children, we're watching Paul Lynn Mac on freaking Mrs. Brady. Not cool. Not cool at all. Not cool, Paul. I still I didn't dig it now at fifty two, much less at eight when that happened. I would not have liked that at all. Yeah. So that was a weird choice right there. <clears throat> that was painful. Tim Conway shows up in that too. Oh yes, he does. Because <laughs> he's. He's not done with his contractual obligation. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim Conway, you couldn't like you'd rather watch forty hours of Dorf on golf than the four minutes that he does in this show. Yes, he's because it ain't him. But now after this is done, he wishes the witches to do a Hollywood disco. Yes, this is when. Oh, all... or is it? Did, did he wish it, or did they? They say they've never been to a Hollywood. They've disco. never been to one, so he makes the wish for them to have a Hollywood disco. And now all bets are off. We're we're full on disco at this point. Yeah, now we're in a disco. At least there's like Halloween colors and stuff. Yes, and there's witches in the scene. <laughs> at the, oh, but here, like right, I think it's either right now or during the disco. This is the one adult joke. Of the entire thing. <laughs> they say, and he says, Tim Conway was doing the monkey, but the monkey bit him. Oh. <laughs> that is the yes. only adult joke in the entire show. Which you're going, ah, yeah, you could, that would have gone right over our heads right back then. Absolutely. Oh, the monkey bit him. So Florence Henderson is back here singing that oh. old black magic. In the tightest black dress. Like, I was turned on now you could see what um entirely what greg brady why he had a crush on her i felt very edible watching this i actually <laughs> wanted to edible. have awful dirty sex with my tv mom while watching this i was like oh god she was hot see now i always liked her better with the early haircut where she had like the mullet thing a little bit of of a flip going. Yeah, this looked like a wig. I wasn't sure. This was like the Wesson Wesson oil haircut. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, like, I think I noticed her more now than when I was a little kid because when I watched the Brady Bunch when I was a kid, I never noticed her because I was so in love with Marsha. 
Right. And then there was also a day where I'm watching and I go, you know, towards the end there, Jan actually got kind of pretty. She did. But it's like she snuck up on you because you were yeah. never really. I mean, Marsha's just like a goddess. Marsha was just, yeah, from the beginning. We all loved her. Yeah. But now, let me tell you, that dress left nothing to the imagination. I thought I saw camel toe. It was more than a hunch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> her singing was so out of line for what's going on here. Yeah, this was her doing her Vegas act. Oh, it had nothing. And it goes on. Like, this is, again, <laughs> when I went back and watched this for the first time, because, again, I was probably flicking in and out at this point. Uh, so I did, like I was going in and out. So I remember a little bit of this and just going, if I catch this and then I miss Kiss because the window I had – is this stupid thing that won't end? I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is this was a nice buffer. So you could go downstairs. You could eat some kugula, whatever you guys were eating at the time. Because when you Macaroni. came back, <laughs> it was Kiss was back again. But it was just Peter Chris <laughs> Doing Beth. <laughs> which seemed an odd choice. But maybe not because it was the big hit at the time. Well, what happened was they put out Detroit Rock City as a single and all the radio stations flipped it over and were playing Beth. So they didn't actually intend it to be a hit. And it turns out to be the biggest hit they ever had. It's a great song. So they they went with it. So they had. To, so I kept thinking to myself, "Would well, you know, the egos that Paul and Gene have is. Oh, yeah. They're happy that they're getting a hit. But it's got to be killing them that it's Peter Chris's oh, song. They even had to creep up at the very end yes. where they're standing behind him, just kind of clapping behind him. <laughs> I also Ace kept wondering, yeah, how weird. drunk is Ace Frehley in this? <laughs> Ace is just like, don't even show my face. I'm just going to show up and just stare at him across He's the He's probably piano. just laughing. He's probably trying to make Peter laugh. <laughs> oh, all right. So they There's do... another Kiss song here, by the way. Yes. Which I don't remember this song, but you're a Kiss fan. Oh, no, so. I love this song. So this is the song... Um, they do, um, do they do it right away? Yeah. They do King of the Nighttime World. He does a fourth wish and yeah. it's, which was my wish. So you're like, I wish Kiss would do another song. I wish Kiss would give me a few minutes off. Oh, and, uh, yeah, we'll get to the, the joke he makes. Does he interview them before or after the song? I think he interviews them after Beth. I think yeah. He yeah. He does the interview. So where Gene Simmons says we're not wearing makeup. Yeah. Um, he goes, let me let me guess how you, you you started the band. You had a fight, and your mother said to kiss and make up. Oh, it's so cringeworthy. And, uh, oh. and, and, uh, and like Gene and Paul say something. I don't think Peter or Ace say anything. Ace doesn't say a damn. The thing. funny thing is, is it, the movie Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. It, it, I heard this great thing Paul Stanley talking about it, and he's like, Peter Chris was so difficult during the shooting of that that well they had to go back to do the looping to fix dialogue and stuff he never showed up so like the dude who did like uh cartoon voices it might have been like a shaggy voice or somebody somebody <laughs> else like well, if you watch it it's not peter chris's voice in the oh my god so why uh, would you be like that because they're all it's your window man because well, these guys all hit it big listen in the 70s everybody was you became famous and you were at studio 54 and in piles of drugs and yeah, that's true. What am I saying? So I then would they be do such an effing mess if I was in that same right. <laughs> platform shoes. 
So they do King of the Nighttime World, which if you listen to Destroyer, it opens with Detroit Rock City. There's a car crash, and it goes right into King of the Nighttime World. And it's a great theatrical moment on the album. Like, they marry perfectly. So they do A lot of fire in this. A lot of fire, a lot of bombs, and um, again, abbreviated uh, version of the song. But this was like where I hit the jackpot, because they did two in a row. So I got to see all the kiss. Yes, you did. And then as a kid, as they go back to the ballroom and Pinky Duscadero returns, I think that's where I bailed again. Well, that was a good bailing. By the way, who would think that a Paul Lynn special would feature three songs by Kiss? I know. Well, and it's like, a 50-minute thing. Yeah, it's not that long. The disco part, I get. I totally get. Three Kiss songs. Then you finish with Pinky Tuscadero and Paul Lynn singing Disco Baby with everybody who's in the cast is singing and dancing. Move it in, move it out, Disco Baby. And Kiss is hanging out in the rafters. Yeah, they're up in the rafters. Looking down and just, you know. I wondered if that was partially because it was a disco thing. And so they were just like, okay, we want you guys in camera shot, but we don't want you down with all the dancers. Like, it's not on brand. And that night they wrote, I was made for loving you, baby. And they became a disco rock sensation. You know what? Again, talking about the way that song was written, Paul Stanley was like, yeah, I was at Studio 54 partying. And I heard the stuff and I said, I could do this. And he went home. And, and he, he could. Like, and, he went, and he got a huge hit out of it. I know. I heard yeah. you talking to Chad Lutzky. You hate that song. I, I was Chad. I was like, oh, I love that song. I understand, Ugh. though. It's like it's the downfall. It's it was the it's downfall. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Um, so they do Disco Baby. And then the very last shot of the thing, Poland leans in and kisses Mark and Hamilton on the lips and goes, Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> And it's like a freeze frame on him kissing her. And I'm like, okay. Welcome to my nightmare. Yeah. There was an Alice Cooper joke in there somewhere. During there this. was an Alice Cooper joke. There was there was a Hollywood Squares joke somewhere yeah. in uh, the mix. There was He was making fun of a little bit of everything. It Like my wife went into defensive sleep five minutes in. <laughs> she was like, what? And she just... I, she was snoring within six minutes. She was snoring. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. I, but I understand. I'm going to stick with this thing with my notebook and my pen because I have an obligation to our listeners. That's so funny because I just I just wrote an outline of what happened. I was, I was like, just yeah. going beat for beat, baby. I didn't want to miss anything. And the funny but, thing is I had watched this, like I said, a couple of years ago. Remember, we, we talked about this when I watched it. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I thought this thing was longer because some of those painful scenes, like the the trucker thing, <laughs> the they sheik just and the trucker thing, feel are like they go forever. I'm telling you, they are last skits on SNL to like the nth degree. You're like, good god! And you felt like that. Like I said, they're just kind of like, okay, we just got to get through this. Read the lines, right? Smile and get through it. We got to fill the time. Most of the time, Poland is looking off somewhere to the side. He's not even really in the scene. He's just doing his thing. But God bless him. He and then the ho- promo for this is Paul Lynn in a witch outfit. If you like the oh, TV guide right. ad, if you we look at it now, the thumbnail on Amazon, it's Paul Lynn like in a in like the Wicked oh, Witch yeah. costume. Right. Look, again, a little bit odd. We mock it, but if you and I could do the exact same special, 
we do it right now. Oh, my God. Could they resurrect everybody that was on the shows? We my dream is for us to do a Halloween special. We should do something like this. My new dream is to do Florence Henderson. <laughs> so I want to do witchy poop. <laughs> if you know where she's buried, let me know. <laughs> want to see my magic flute? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking puffing stuff. Oh, my God. That ruined a whole generation of people. Um, so I've... do we encourage people to watch this? Well, number one, like I said, if you're our generation, you're hearing this, this is making a hell of a lot more sense. And if you're like in your 20s and you're listening to this, you're probably, if you even made it through this episode, God bless you. <laughs> you can find clips of this on, on YouTube and see what we're talking about. Just watch it. Get I, a bit of history. It's it's tell, It's tell. actually, it's a great encapsulation of 70s television history right there. Yeah, because like there were, like you said, you're, you're totally right. It's a good snapshot because... Kiss is like a great snap. They were the biggest thing in the world for four years. Yep. CB radios was one of the biggest things. Disco was a big thing. Happy days was a big thing. Florence, Florence Anderson, Anderson was a thing. Tim Conway. I mean, yeah, he like was pulling in big hitters at the time. They were all old even then, but it didn't matter. There wasn't a whole lot that you ever saw Ross Kelly in. Uh, this and happy days. As far as I know, was she ever in Joni and Chachi? I'm not I even watch sure. a whole lot of Joni and Chachi. I think she died pretty young too. She's dead. I thought I didn't know that. Oh, she's been dead a long time. God rest her soul. She's long gone. Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson's dead. Betty White has outlasted all of them. I'm looking up Ross Kelly now. I didn't realize she was dead. Betty White, Donnie, and Marie. I think are the only three survivors from this show. Hold on. I just, her Wikipedia. Marie, by the way, looks phenomenal. Oh yeah. Ross oh, Kelly's God. not dead. She's not. She's 77. Are you kidding me? I heard she died. She was born in Mount Vernon, New York. Dude, right down the block from me. That's where the bayou is. Yeah. Oh my God. I have a story at the bayou. We, uh, <laughs> speaking of that, this is a, uh, like a New Orleans kind of Creole place. And it's got all like kinds of hot sauce in that place. I love it. Tons of hot sauce. Great Blues band. music. So we were there. We had gone ice skating, me and a bunch of friends from work, and we went there. And uh, I was with my friend Tom, who was, I mean, we were both hammered. But we ordered crawdads, and they put, like, oh, put yeah. them out newspaper, just tons of crawdads. And I'm like, I don't like fish, but I'm going to eat this. So he drunkenly is going, now he lived with this dude named Fred. They were, they were not partners. They were just roommates. So... He says, I'm going to put these, like, you know, you, you pinch the head and what do you pinch the tail and twist that, suck the head, whatever that was. So you had the carcasses. He goes, I'm going to put these in Fred's pocket. He's putting them in his own coat pocket. Oh, God. For a half an hour. And every time he does it, he gets this conspiratorial look at me like, ah, I'm putting them in Fred's pocket. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you, you do that. <laughs> Knucklehead. <laughs> totally ruined his own jacket. That's awesome. I saw, so saw a Stevie Ray Vaughan band uh, cover band there that night. That was it just blew our doors uh, off. I've seen some great bands there too. I once saw an Elvis impersonator there. No way. And I love Elvis, so we went there to check it out. But I had gone to Graceland, and I had these Elvis glasses with the chops on them. So halfway through the set, <laughs> I just cool. reached in my pocket and put them on. And so people like were watching the show and everything like that, and then they would kind of go. And do a double take at me. I'm like, hey, what's up? What is with that? I was dude, like the man. mayor of uh, the bayou. <laughs> the mayor of the bayou. So, yeah, I 
I think we both encourage people of any age, just watch this. Listen, Halloween, uh, this is a perfect movie to watch in October. Or not movie, special. Halloween specials are, the, are those magical things. And there's all shapes and sizes of them. This is one of like the the legendary ones, though. Mm-hmm. Like so, watch it now because you're going to be inundated with stupid Christmas specials from probably October 10th until December 31st. And you do have a fast forward button, so if you need to get through the Florence Henderson song, don't. Well, with the dress you want to keep it on, but maybe the trucker the song. On. The trucker song. The, uh, the disco baby song. Like, there's a lot of things you can fast. Yeah, you can skip this. Basically, game. after King of the Nighttime World, you could watch them say goodnight and fast forward to Poland kissing the Wicked Witch. I'm surprised that didn't melt her. <laughs> I melt. What a world! What a world! <laughs> oh God! I'm glad I watched it because I I I might have seen it when I was a kid, but I don't remember. So I'm glad I actually watched it again. Oh, I was so happy when I saw this was available. I called my buddy, my oldest friend. I was like, dude, pulled in Halloween specials on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and we may get 10 people listening to this episode and watching yeah. it, but we don't care. You know why? Because we don't get paid. We so we're going to do what we want. Right. Uh, if you have a special memory about this or you watch it because we said it, any feedback for us, you can either put comments in our YouTube page or you could go to our um, – you know, our Twitter or our Facebook page. Facebook's probably a fun place to do this. Um, mm. Where when, when we post the YouTube, um, g- give us some feedback on Paul Lynn. And if you're a Kiss fan like me and you saw it, was that a big night for you? I know our buddy Anthony Vantarola probably. Um, <laughs> probably. Um, he was waiting for yes. <laughs> the other thing I'd like to say is, don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, we're now on as an audio podcast. So we're on like... Um, all the a lot of the major podcasts. We're on Spotify and Apple and Google and Pocket Cast and Anchor. And part of Project Entertainment Network. Yes. Woo-hoo! Uh so and uh we both were guests on the Paleo Cheese podcast. Yours is posted. Mine might be posted by the time this goes up. I don't but probably not. I smell cheese. <laughs> And by the way, so don't remember don't remember. Please remember if you buy any of our Monster Men swag. Take a selfie with it. You're going to win stuff like this. Yeah, yeah you can mention Yeah, at mention us. Yeah, just mention us. We don't need a hashtag. I have – this whole attic is full of shit that I can give away. <laughs> and it's not shit. It's actually good stuff. But, you know, do it. We'll give you things. You can maybe a slightly used Monster <laughs> Carnival because – COVID-free, <laughs> slightly I'll... used <laughs> I gotta read the HP Lud for I'm gonna read some of these. But uh, uh this might be fun. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned because uh our next episode, we are going to have the world's preeminent ufologist, Brian Sprague on. Um this is like we've been doing this for ten years. I don't think I've been more excited for an episode than this one because UFOs make my uh sack tingle. So I can't wait for this. So that'll be the one after this. And, and then the then one after we'll... that is Roz Kelly. <laughs> Roz Kelly. Pinky Tuscadero. Actually, we're uh, we're talking to Adam Caesar, author of Clown in a Cornfield. We'll have him on, too. And we're going to do our Halloween special. It's going to be a fun month. So yeah. And there may be a couple of bonus. Who knows? Bonus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get your swag and let's see what you see what you got. 
All right. Welcome to Horrortober. We'll see you next time on Monster, Monster Man. Man. Monster Man. Monster Man. Monster Monster Man.